Two to the left, eye formation, handoff, Dalvin, and he walks into the end zone. Yes! Touchdown, Vikings! And they've taken the lead 6-3 in Border Battle 120. Hey, welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your host, Gabe Henderson, alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host, Mr. Chris Corso. Today, we get you guys up to speed with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center. And today is going to be a loaded show. The 1-5 Vikings heading to Lambeau Field to face the 5-1 Green Bay Packers. 12 p.m. kickoff right here on KFAN 100.3. Vikings Radio Network pregame show 10 a.m. starting with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Pete Bursage. Paul Allen is our special guest today, guys, and Corso, I'm pretty excited about that. He's got all the stories from Randy Moss, Brett Favre, some of the the brighter times in Vikings history, but uh, yeah, it's great to catch up with PA when it comes to the border battle. He's called quite a few of these games. And he'll be calling that game right here at 12 p.m. on Sunday on KFAM with Pete Bursage, Ben Lieber, and Greg Coleman. Later in the show, we hear from Eric Smith, Vikings team reporter, with the reporters wrap up. But to start the show, we started the way we always do with the best thing we saw this week. Corso. Anytime you get number 33, Dalvin Cook, back in the lineup, I think it's a pretty positive thing for the play on the field, but also the morale of the team. I mean, he still ranks fifth in the NFL with 489 rushing yards, and he's missed about a game and a half. Obviously, the disappointing performance against the Atlanta Falcons. Dalvin took to the media this week, talked about how tough it was being on the sideline, being a cheerleader for his brothers, as he calls them. But I want you to listen to this to this clip, Gabe, because, man, he brings the team morale, that's for sure. It's just like I'm still being me. You know, I'm still showing up, pushing my guys a thousand percent. I don't care what our record is. You know, it's about having fun with what we do, executing and enjoying it. As you know, you can't wake up every day and, and not enjoy this game. I mean, you know, when that's taken away from you, you just need to take a step back from it. And you know, I love what I do. So every day I try to bring my energy. And you got guys, B.O., you got, you know, Kurt, he, he speaks up sometimes, you know, have fun. You know, he got a big job on his hand. Um, it's a bunch of guys, man, that, that we just go out there and we have fun. And, you know, that... That can't be taken away from us because, you know, this is the game we love. Yeah, I'd say he's having pretty much a good time playing this game when he's scoring a touchdown in five straight games for the Vikings. That's a record that it only trails Tommy Mason's streak of six games. He'll look to do that against the Packers on Sunday. But I got this PR stat of the week, and it's despite having an early bye, running back Dalvin Cook has 48 points, and wide receiver Adam Thielen has 44 points, and they rank first and second respectively among all position players in the NFL in 2020 in total points scored. That's a pretty good stat. His action show on and both off the field. And if I'm a teammate in that locker room, Dalvin Cook is my favorite player because you know he's bringing that energy week in and week out. And being the fifth leading rusher in the NFL right now, having only played five and a half games, that, that, that says a lot right there. You can only expect so much more from him heading into the last 10 games of the season. Like Gary Kubiak said earlier this week, our offense lives and dies by Dalvin Cook. So when Dalvin gets going, we get going. But somebody that has to get going this week is a Fadi 
Odenabo. We know Yannick Ngakwe is gone. He's with the Ravens now. I talked to him earlier this week, and I asked him about leadership. You know, with this leadership role um, being asked of you now, like, how does that make you feel? Do you feel pressure? And, and this is what he had to say about it. Um, I think initially I did. Now as the season progressed and progressed, I'm gaining more confidence. I do. You know, I know. I know that I belong here. It's a progression. You don't become a leader overnight. Mm-hmm. It becomes a progression. You start. For, to to be a leader, you first have to lead yourself, mm-hmm. and so I think that primarily for the beginning, for the first half of the season, I was leading myself. But now that I'm more and more and more comfortable, I'm speaking up more. Definitely seems like Afadi is getting a little more comfortable since he was that practice squad player when he yeah. first came up with the Vikings. But speaking of comfortable, I saw that interview you did, <laughs> Gabe, and he was wearing like a neon tank top, and it seems like he's got some swagger right now. Well, you can see that on Fox 9 this upcoming Saturday. Well, tomorrow at 10.30 p.m., Fox 9, the Vikings game plan. But it, I'm trying to figure out why he doesn't have a shirt on, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, you don't have to wear a shirt if you give me two sacks this week. So he, he's got his hands full, and you need a guy like that that's that's willing to step up to the challenge and lead some of these young guys that are going to be looking up to him heading into the rest of the season. Speaking of young guys, on X's and O's with Paul Allen this week, we heard from Andre Patterson, the co-defensive coordinator, and he loves what fourth-round draft pick DJ Wanham is doing for the Minnesota Vikings and how he He's growing each and every week. DJ's gotten better every week. Um, he's a hardworking kid, very conscientious. You know, being a good football player is very important to him, and those are the things, the qualities that he showed me uh, before the draft that, that made me really like him a lot. And uh, I just expect him to continue to improve. And I, I think he's got a lot left in his game, and, and we haven't gotten close to seeing the best of him. So it was very interesting to see what, Coach Andre Patterson had to say about DJ Wanham. But speaking of coaches, head coach Mike Zimmer talked to the media today to discuss the current state of the Vikings heading into border battle number 121 on Sunday. Green Bay's a terrific team, bunch of good rushers, uh, good guys in the back end. You know, obviously they're hitting on all cylinders offensively, running the ball really well. And uh, obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing really great. Hughes and Hill have been ruled out, so you are depleted at cornerback. Just uh, how much of a challenge is it for some of those younger guys who haven't played a lot of snaps on defense at cornerback? Well, that's a big challenge because they have uh, really good receivers and they got a great quarterback and they spread you out. And, but these guys, uh, they're going to have to come out here and challenge them and, and go play. Mike, what do you want to see from some of the defensive linemen who are going to get uh, more opportunities with uh, Yannick? traded uh the big thing is like with dj wanham there's times when he showed you know kind of like Danell was when he was young you know there's times when he's thinking too much and not really letting his full athletic ability show up um you know that's that's really about it uh with him um i mean i can go on and on uh you know you talk about uh watts you know he needs to cut it loose you know he's he's got the talent and ability but he's got to cut it loose jalen holmes yeah, same same thing with him. You know, he's he's been doing well in the run in the run game. You know, we're working on some things with really all of them. The second part of the pass rush once they get to the offensive lineman. So, you know, trying to see that convert to a, a better rush uh, would be good. Yeah, Gabe. It all started earlier in the week with Daniil Hunter recovering from a successful neck surgery. Mike Zimmer updated the media on Monday, and then looking forward to the Friday injury report. Dalvin Cook is listed as questionable after returning to practice this week. 
and it will be slim pickings for the Vikings cornerbacks again. Holton Hill has been ruled out with a foot injury, and Mike Hughes goes to the injured reserve list, still struggling from that neck injury. Obviously, he won't be available for Sunday's game against the Packers. And Cam Dantzler, who was put on the COVID-slash-reserve list, he might not be ready to play on Sunday. But Coach Zimmer did give a glimmer of hope in his Friday press conference that Dantzler might be able to make it out there on the field um, after the five or six days or so being on that COVID reserve list. Troy Dye and Pal Elfline, they're on the designated to return list, so we might see those guys this upcoming Sunday also. I think Troy Dye, we know how high this coaching staff was on him this entire offseason after they drafted him. I mean, just seeing him in practice this week, his energy, I mean, just dancing around, you you, you love to see that vibe, that, that energy that he's given this defense. And on the other side of the ball, one less guy this defense will have to worry about is Aaron Jones. Right now he is listed as out. So all eyes shift to Devontae Adams. And with, with three new cornerbacks for the Vikings this week, with Houghton Hill, Mike Hughes, and Dantzler possibly out, I, I think there is an opportunity for this defense to try to make some plays on Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he, he has the ball out of his hand in less than two seconds. So, you know, with no Aaron Jones and us not having to respect the run game as much, Maybe Aaron Rodgers has the ball in his hand a little more, resulting in a sack for Fadio Denebo. So it'll be interesting to see. But the Vikings have to put it all together if they want to win this upcoming Sunday. Sacks for Apps is back again for the 2020 season. If the Vikings record two or more sacks in a game this season, fans can receive a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings with a $20 purchase. Visit vikings.com slash BWW for details. We'll be back with our special guest of the week. But first, hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. After every Vikings game this season, make sure to log on to the team's digital and social platforms to watch Vikings Post Game Live, a new streaming post game show providing fans with highlights, post game sound from head coach Mike Zimmer and players, analysis, and much more. Fans can watch live or on demand via Vikings.com, the Vikings mobile app, Vikings Now, the team's connected TV app, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. For more, visit Vikings.com slash post game show. Hey, hey, welcome back to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi, Gabe Henderson, Chris Corso, and our special guest, voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Paul, what's going on? Yo, what's going on, boys? Chris, good to see you. Gabe, uh, excited to uh, give you the, the vantage into a border battle. Talk this one and five out a little bit and see where we go from here. Yep, this will be your 40th time calling a border battle game. 2002 was your first year with the Vikings. What's your favorite Packers-Vikings memory? When, when I went full-time at KFAN Radio in 98, um, I was doing Vikings Fan Line. And my first time to a Vikings-Packers game was at Lambeau Field. It was a rainy Monday night, Randy Moss, at, you know, coming out party, everybody's talked about. So that that is forever mem- memorable. Then in 2000, for whatever the reason, uh, WCCO Radio carrying the Vikings at that time, they wouldn't hook up with the team and do a .com. So the Vikings needed uh, an announcer and a team to call games simply for a .com. So I was at Lambeau. I think it was 99 for the Chris Dishman immaculate deflection with uh, Antonio Freeman. That forever was memorable. But when when you go back to 09, and uh, 
the Monday night football game here with the twins in the playoffs and all these big twins, including my good friend Denard Spann, on the sideline for a Vikings victory, Favre against his former team. And then at Lambeau, when Favre and Longwell ran out of that tunnel, I mean, it's I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. That's pretty amazing. I, I remember my first season with the Vikings was 2015 when we won the division in Lambeau. I think it was Xavier Rhodes had a big interception on Mr. Aaron Rodgers, and now Aaron has come a long way. You've called just about every Vikings-Packers game with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. What is he doing this year? that is making him so successful? Great question, Chris. And in fact, Aaron's first start was on Thursday Night Football. Feels like 08. (laughs) And it was Vikings at Lambeau Field. So, I mean, I was there for that one too. I got a lot of respect for the way Aaron plays. What, um, What is playing into it this year is the fact that he's really embracing the no fans concept. And I'm not going to speak for Aaron. Of course, he would prefer to have the roar of the crowd. I mean, that's all they've ever known. But when you have no distraction and and you're smart and talented like him, you're going to pick up on things the defense puts out there that defensive coordinators don't know that you know. So not only is he unbelievably in control of situations right now, I'll just lay it out like this. Uh, I've said it on my 9 to New radio show, KFAN. His performance against the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, game one, no fans, was the most in-control, dominating quarterback performance I have ever witnessed wow. live in my life. Wow. And that's simply emphasized in game one, where the fans working against him and trying to throw him and the team off a little bit. I mean, even that little bit matters with the HOFs like that. He's, um, yeah, if he wins MVP, I won't be surprised. We talked about you calling all these games. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen is here, and... Paul, is there something different about these Packers Vikings games? Fans or without fans? Like, is there something? Do you get up for these games also? I love them. I always have Lambeau Field. I'm not going this year uh, because we're calling road games off TV, uh, so I'll miss it. But will I really miss it if there's no fans? I, I don't like that part of the component. Just personally speaking, doing a job while understanding everything else. Um, the I think this year is different for obvious reasons. Election coming up, um, very polarizing election. Uh, of course, COVID and just everything everybody's gone through. I, you know, I think not speaking for people, I don't do that, but minds I don't think are as immersed on the border battle, even into the first one as they normally were. Now we're one in five and they only have one loss. So people will follow, they'll watch, they'll listen, but the vitriol and the trash talking, it's down this year. So you've been doing these games from U.S. Bank Stadium when the Vikings are on the road this year, like you mentioned. What like has that been like? Because we've seen the VEN, we, we record your reactions and stuff like that. But what has it been like calling a game not being in the stadium? The the first one we did, the Indianapolis game, I made more identification mistakes with the Colts, <laughs> with jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor and, and Wilkins yeah. than, uh, than I'll make in the entire season <laughs> uh, of all the games. Um, so the key here, and Gabe and I talked about this because, you know, we talked about many things actually, but, you know, the, the not freaking out and moving past it and and strengthening from there. That's what I learned immediately in the Indianapolis game. Wow. We got a TV, like a 60-incher with the TV yep. copy everybody watches, a 60-incher 
with the all 22 copy where you get the full field. So adapting to that has been easy for me. Um, but, um, it's been fine. I mean, I've liked the calls. Hopefully people listening have, I would prefer mm-hmm. to be at the stadium with fans, but without fans. And, and during these times, I completely understand, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, you know, Gabe, you, you are in the Vox box when I'm calling these yeah. games with Bursich and Lieber, you know, so yeah. you're there doing your job and you know, it's different, but we still make it feel like you're there. I hope. For sure, it feels like a like a I wouldn't say a locker room, but it feels like a like a game atmosphere. You, you I mean, you set the scene for everybody in there, so it makes it feels like it's it's an actual game. We're just watching it on TV. But like, if you take a step back and you're just an outsider looking into the room, it's like, dude, what is this man doing screaming at this TV right now? So, yeah. but it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> but in a year Cam where Dantzler. you know a lot of you know a lot of like you said, it's a year like none other. But trying to be positive, I don't want to foreshadow too much. But does this team have some similarities to that 2005 team? Oh, four, you're coming off of a playoff win. You lose to the Atlanta Falcons before the bye week. And then you go on a streak after the bye week in week five. So, like, is there any type of comparisons there? Or let's just go week by week. That's good research, bud. Um, I'm going to say no. And here's why. And I don't exactly remember what happened in 05. I know in 04, we went to Lambeau. Uh, we're seven-point dogs in a playoff game, backed into the playoffs, losing to Washington, uh, the final yeah. game of the season. Moss walks off the field before the game's over. It's completely negative. We we need John Casey to miss from like 60 just to make it mm-hmm. into the playoffs. We made it in. Went there, 04, beat Favre, beat uh, the Packers, and moved on to Philly. So that was 04. Now, 05, I I recall what you're saying, but my answer is no, simply because of all of the inexperience with which they are dealing in the secondary. And, you know, this is in no way an affront to a Super Bowl winning defensive backs coach in Mike Zimmer. Zimmer's record is fantastic. The team's been to the NFC title game. They've won the division twice. Uh, Last time they did it, they did it with a guy who most think is a backup quarterback and getting to the NFC title game. And um, so with that said, Mike knows what he's doing. And that's the end of the equation. But, you know, when you get Dantzler, Gladney, Harrison, Hand, whomever, they're rookies. So, you know, just with cornerbacks this year, They, I believe, have like 530 snaps so far through six from rookie corners. In the first six years with Mike, he had a grand total of 930. So we got that, Daniil season, bar season. That's just really, really difficult to overcome, Mm -hmm. man. You talk about some of the young players on this Vikings defense, and I heard your X's and O's interview with Andre Patterson, and he's talking about bringing these guys along, and he's talking about the DJ Wanams of the world. Who's the player that stands out to you? When you see a Cameron Dantzler, some of these young guys, Jeff Gladney, who's the one that you say that guy has the potential to be Daniil Hunter in a few years or the Eric Kendricks in a few years? Yeah, uh, we don't have one right now. Wow. And and this is not uh, a negative Love on that, the draft honestly. because, oh, well, Justin Jefferson, I mean, 1,000%. Uh, full speed route, full speed running yep. atop the routes and to watch stuff back. And Gabe knows this. He played wide receiver in college that you can see these corners knowing mm-hmm. this kid does everything fast. So they yep. get a little twisted, you know, and to see that when you watch the games back, Jefferson is a star. I mean, a big time NFL star. 
After yep. that, the answer is nobody, simply because we didn't have preseason games. And we did not have the right kind of an offseason to raise corners like Gladney, Dantzler, Hughes when he plays yep. only in his third year, Harrison Hand. You know, you just didn't have the proper offseason to raise those guys. So now you're raising those kids on the fly against Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. and Raj again, yeah. so on and so on. Uh, so I don't know the answer to that yet, Chris, but I will. Uh, Fadio Denebo, speaking of the rookies, he said um, these rookies aren't rookies anymore. Those first four games, we'll treat that as a preseason game, week one being the Packers. Yeah. But now, after a bye week, it's time to get going. Like That's that. the mindset going forward. So, of course, you know week one, um, not that competitive. The, the Vikings kept the score close. I'm 43-34, I think, is – the final score, but that doesn't really entail the, the actual game. So week eight right now where we stand, how do the Vikings keep this game competitive? I like the way uh, Odenabo put that. Uh, he's right. And I've seen it in Jeff Gladney, kind of back to uh, Chris's question. What we, we will give you three to four, but then after that, it needs to start looking like what it's supposed to look like because that's why we drafted you. Yep. With Gladney, yep. I've seen it. Now, Dantzler, you know, Dantzler's been up and down because he did a lot of good things in that Seattle game, man. I mean, he missed a deflection on the first DK Metcalf touchdown, uh, a front left of the end zone, where he played it perfectly, and, hey, Russell gets to make plays too. Now, when he got all twisted up on that fourth and ten, that needs to get better. Gladney played nine snaps against the Packers and clearly wasn't ready. Uh, it's His game against Indy, I felt, was bad, with all due respect. From that point on, Jeff's been good. Jeff's tough. Jeff's a really, really tough player. So um, I like the way he's going off the way you laid that thing out uh, per number 95. The best way to win this game, in my opinion, is to play a game of keep away where I'd like to hold the ball 40 minutes and give it to them 20. Uh, if it works out, if it works out 34 to 26, okay, but you got to play a game of keep away. Keep that creature off the field and um, and do it that way and score. Vic, when Dalvin Cook is playing with Jefferson and Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. and Rudy and Cousins, they can score, and they can score a lot of points, and they will score a lot of points this weekend. My last question is the Devontae Adams matchup seems to be the toughest one for just about every team in the NFL. I mean, he's been amazing this year, and he was amazing in week one against the Vikings. So if you're Coach Zimmer, you know Coach Zimmer just about as good as anybody. If you're Coach Zimmer, how are you scheming up? Are you doing like some kind of cloud zone on his side? Are you doubling him up in double coverage? What is your plan in stopping Devontae Adams? Well, deception's very important. And, um, you know, when when I looked at the Wednesday injury report and – you know, off just that practice. I'm assuming Harrison Hand, Jeff Gladney, and new guy Mark Fields. You know, he's not new. He's been around. But Mark Fields, yep. they were the corners. Okay? So now, if that's what it is, you move forward with that and, and you come up with a plan. So, obviously, doubling Devontae all the time means Marquez Valdez-Scantling might get behind somebody. Aaron Jones can catch. Yep. Jamal Williams can catch. It's a beast. Uh, but Zimmer's high end. So he'll have something ready for sure. Devontae Adams' work against the Houston Texans, um, it's the fastest I've ever seen him play in his life. And wow. it the it was reminiscent of, man, I'm going to say about six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. 
uh, there was a wide receiver at Liberty against a team <laughs> from Coastal Carolina. It's um, uh, George Henderson. Um, I think his name's uh, – I'm trying no, to think Gabe, of his name too. No, it was Gabe Halberstein. And the route running and the speed uh, and the turns and the feet, man – uh, that reminded me of Devontae with what I saw in Houston. <laughs> I love the takes. We will not see him play. I think he's about one hit away from breaking every bone in his body. But thank Ooh, you, Ga- PA. Is, is that Gabriel Halverstein? <laughs> Ga- yeah, Gab- we can go with that name. I can't pronounce his yeah. last name either. So uh, thank you all, pal. I mean, Paul hey, Allen. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah, you can call me Pete if you want. All right, Charles. Good seeing you, man. Uh, Charles. Uh, John and uh, everybody else, thanks for watching and listening. And uh, go Vikes. Hopefully we pull the upset this weekend. That's Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. This is the Vikings Vantage. Join me, Paul Allen, along with former Vikings linebacker and current radio analyst Ben Lieber after every Vikings game as we host Between the Lines. Analyze the game, break it down from all angles, and discuss what it means for your favorite team moving forward. Watch each week via Vikings.com, the Vikings app, YouTube, and all of the team's other digital and social platforms. For information, visit Vikings.com slash Between the Lines. Welcome back to the Vikings Vantage. This is Chris Corso with the Writers Wrap-Up. And for this segment, we bring in Eric Smith from Vikings.com. It's a pretty quiet week back at the TCO Performance Center, but the Vikings are getting ready to take on those Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field. So, Eric, you've been covering the team all week. What are your takeaways covering the Vikings their first week back from the bye? Yeah, Chris, it's great to be here. You know, the Vikings are back from the bye. They're rested, but they aren't necessarily fully healthy. And that's kind of a concern as we head into the Green Bay game here in week eight. Specifically, the Vikings secondary is banged up. The Vikings could potentially be without three of their top four cornerbacks on Sunday against Aaron Rodgers. Mike Hughes is banged up. Holton Hill's banged up. Cameron Dancer was put on the COVID reserve list. So that position group is is a little bit thin. And kind of adding to that with the trade of Unique and Gakwe last week, there's also going to be young players playing on the defensive line too. Uh, Jalen Holmes and DJ Wanham are, are in line for more playing time, potentially at that starting spot. And so... There's, there's going to be a lot of young players on defense that play against Aaron Rodgers, and we'll have to see how they fare. Speaking of the young players, that's been kind of what we've been talking about all episode. We asked Paul Allen about all the young players on the Vikings defense, but when you're looking at this Packers offense, it looks like Aaron Jones might be missing this game at running back. I think you start to center your attention around number 17, Devontae Adams. If we learned anything in week one, it that Devontae Adams is an elite receiver. I mean, he had 13 catches, I think, for over 150 yards and two touchdowns. He just he tore up the Vikings secondary in week one, and that's when they were fairly healthy. You know, it was week one, and they were just kind of getting used to things here in 2020. But in week eight, hopefully it's a different story. But, you know, Adams is a very talented receiver. One thing I'm looking for on Sunday in terms of Green Bay's offense is – actually has to do with the weather. It's supposed to be mid-30s with 20 to 30 mile an hour winds with potential gusts of up to 40 miles an hour. And if that's going to affect one area of an offense, it's obviously going to affect the passing game. And with the Vikings, you know, that kind of plays into their hands with how much they want to run the ball. 
But for Green Bay, considering the success they had in week one throwing the ball and how good they've been throwing the ball all season, if it's windy like that, maybe they can't throw it as much. And that kind of helps out the Vikings secondary a little bit. So, yeah, uh, covering Devontae Adams is is probably going to be something to key on. uh, And we'll have to see how, how the unit does. With Aaron Jones being out, tell Vikings fans, what A.J. Dillon, the rookie out of Boston College, brings to the Packers' offense. Yeah, he brings some excitement. You know, he's a rookie. They, they drafted him high for a reason. You know, they, they, they like what he has. I think it'll kind of be a, a two-headed approach with him and, and Jamal Williams. You know, we've seen Jamal Williams play well against the Vikings in the past. And like I said, if the, if the Packers do want to run the, run the ball a lot, it's probably going to be those two guys. But again, with the wind and how well Aaron Rodgers utilizes quick passes, maybe that's what the Packers use as kind of a, a running game per se with Aaron Jones out. Switching over to the offensive side of the ball, we heard from Dalvin Cook earlier on in the show a little soundbite about just going out there and having fun. Like, there are so many weapons on this Vikings offense. How do you think we attack the Green Bay Packers defense, starting with Dalvin being back? Yeah, I think Gary Kubiak said it best. He said, as Dalvin goes, we go. And that's kind of how it's been for the Vikings, really, and over the past season and a half, even if you go back to the, the beginning of the 2019 season, when Dalvin Cook is on and he gets rolling, and that's both in the running game and the screen game, the Vikings' chances of win usually go up. So we'll have to see how healthy he is. You know, he's been limited in practice, but from all indications that he'll be, he'll be good to go on Sunday. Um, and the Vikings need him because when he did not play in week six against the Falcons, you know, the Vikings struggled to run the ball. Um, one thing I'm also looking for on offense is, and this kind of ties into running the ball as well, but but controlling the clock and, and keeping time of possession. You know, the Vikings have been hurt by turnovers a lot. And Kirk Cousins talked about how we just need to sustain the ball and keep the ball and, and milk the clock. And conversely, if you do that and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, then you have a better chance of winning too, especially on the road at Lambeau Field. There will be a lot to watch as the Vikings return from the bye. Thank you, Eric, for joining us on this edition of the Vikings Vantage. You can catch the game on Fox on Sunday at noon. Kevin Burkhart will have the call. Pam Oliver on the sideline. Daryl Johnston as the color commentator. And, of course, we want you guys to check out the game on the Vikings Radio Network. Paul Allen, Greg Coleman, Ben Lieber, Pete Bursich. You'll catch the pregame show at 10 a.m., starting with Mike Musman as you get set on the Vikings Radio Network to watch the Vikings take on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Gabe. And for Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, this has been The Vikings Vantage, brought to you by Pepsi. That's what I like. Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs>